So in April of 1888, Igido Kano, the founder of, uh, of Judo as we know it, uh, he and a reverend, Thomas Lindsay, presented a lecture called Jiu-Jitsu, the old samurai art of fighting without weapons. Uh, they presented that to the Asiatic Society of Japan, and um, it took place at the British Embassy in Tokyo. And its theme was the main principle of judo involved gaining victory by yielding to strength, as they wrote it. So it's a public document that took place um, in public records. Again, April of 1888, Kano, Kano and Lindsay. But he, at that time, I'm trying to come up with some stuff that talks more about the mental and spiritual aspects of judo, because that's something that struck me very well as a young person when I was in judo for many years. And to this day, I still am enamored by judo and kung fu and qigong and tai chi Jeet Kune Do, I mean, you name it, all the martial arts have somewhat the same principle, but as far as a judo practitioner that I have a lot, the most experience in, I was always fascinated by the mental aspect. So I wanted to share this because this kind of ties into what Kano, um, Master Kano taught. Um, and he said this, these are actually his exact words um, when he was asked um to give a definition to judo, which we know means, tr sort of translates to do is uh, the way, well, the gentle way, ju and do, judo. But this is what Kano, this is what Master Kano said about judo. He says, judo is the way of the highest or most efficient use of both physical and mental energy. Through training in the attack and defense techniques of judo, the, uh, the practitioner nurtures their physical and mental strength and gradually embodies the essence of the way of judo thus the ultimate objective of judo discipline is to be utilized as a means to self-perfection and thenceforth thenceforth <laughs> to make a positive contribution to society and i mean that comes right out of his mouth so that's that's pretty profound right there then he added don't think about what to do after you become strong. I've repeatedly stressed that the ultimate goal of judo is to perfect the self and to make a contribution to society. In the old days, jujitsu practitioners focused their efforts on becoming strong and did not give too much consideration to how they could put that strength to use. Similarly, judo practitioners of today do not make sufficient efforts to understand the ultimate objective of judo too much emphasis is placed on the process rather than the objective and many only desire to become strong be able to defeat their opponents of course i'm not negating the importance of wanting to become strong or skilled however it must be remembered that this is just part of the process for a greater objective the worth of all people is dependent on how they spend their life making contributions so that's pretty cool. I I really uh, I really love that. Some of some of I think his favorite my favorite writings of his. Um, 
I mean, he goes on talking about other stuff too, um, but that's 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 pretty much the essence in my mind of the essence of judo. I mean, there there's a tremendous amount of work he put into you know jujitsu training and many many different masters that he trained with to become physically disciplined like he was. But he spent a lot of years studying science, the science of movement. Um, he was trying to fight this one large guy. Um, I think his name was Mac. Um, Makamoto? I can't remember his name. I guess I won't even use the name, but there's this really big guy that he was really frustrated he couldn't beat. And he actually got these dolls and started positioning them in certain ways to try to figure out a way to beat this big guy. He studied science books and, and anatomy books to try to figure out the best way that he could get this guy. And he did. He eventually did. He found out. He studied the science of it. Um, but again, it wasn't, he was a gentleman afterwards. It wasn't like he slams him down and raises his hands up and starts screaming in victory. Um, he became friends with pretty much everybody he knew as well. Um, but this whole mental aspect of judo, I think, is really very important. Um, you know, it's something that was foundational that I think a lot of teachers still teach that today, but a lot of them don't. And I think if you're studying any martial art, be it even MMA, you know, if you want to consider that, you know, a martial art, which it is really, but in any type of martial art, it's the mental aspect that really, really is important. Um, it's, it's sort of like, think about it this way. If your intention and your mindset and your spirit and your energy from deep inside is that of of how you can make contributions to society, about how to be a better person, about how to be the best person you can be, and then develop that into your physical training, it's going to be a different outcome than that of just pure power and uh, you know victory. Um, I, I just personally think that that's the most important part of judo. And I encourage you to just study that. Look it up. There's many, many books. Some I've read. Many I have not, but but look look up the 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 scientific aspect of judo or uh, Igero that's with the J Igero Kano or Master Kano's teachings of the mental aspect of judo, and I think you're going to find that there's some very profound information out there that that he taught. Now again, keep in mind that that. There's a lot of stuff that he spoke of, but a lot of stuff he didn't speak of because back in the day, they didn't have online. They didn't have everything in writing. They had occasional scripts and things that were very, very uh, scrolls, they called them. They were very, very private and personal within families, but that was rare. It was rare. A lot of what was taught was just by, by spending time with the masters, the teachers and the students and so forth and so on. So a lot of it wasn't taught. But this mental aspect of... Master Kano definitely was something that was, was put across. Um, let me share a little bit more about what he said. Uh, let's see. He says, Kano, Master Kano says, The purpose of my talk, this again, this is going back to the April 1988 talk that he did um, in the British Embassy in Tokyo. He says, The purpose of my talk is to treat of judo as a culture, physical, mental, and moral. But as it is based on the art of attack and defense, I shall first explain what this judo of the contest is. A main feature of the art is the application of the principles of non-resistance and taking advantage of the opponent's loss of equilibrium. 
hence the name jujitsu, literally soft or gentle art, or judo, doctrine of softness and gentleness. Again, judo meaning the gentle way. Really, you can translate that. He goes on. Of the principle of the maximum efficiency in use of mind and body. On this principle, the whole fabric of the art and science of judo is constructed. Judo is taught under two methods, one called randori and the other kata. Or kata. Randori, which translates to free exercise, is practiced under conditions of actual contest. It includes throwing, choking, holding down, and bending or twisting the opponent's arms or legs. The combatants may use whatever tricks they like, providing they do not hurt each other and obey the general rules of judo etiquette. Man, these are some really key words here, okay? Look, look at the word etiquette after judo. Judo etiquette. Uh, the combatants may use whatever tricks they like, provided they do not hurt each other and obey the general rules of judo etiquette. It's a, so I'm going to take a side note here. Actually, I'll come back to this. He goes on, kata, which literally means form, okay, we all know that, katas are forms, is a formal system of prearranged exercises, including, besides the aforementioned actions, hitting and kicking and use of weapons, according to rules under which each combatant knows beforehand exactly what his opponent is going to do. The use of weapons and hitting and kicking is taught in kata and not in randori, because if these practices were resorted to in randori, injury might well arise. As to the moral phase of judo, do not or not to speak of the discipline of the exercise room involving the observance of the regular rules of etiquette, courage and perseverance, kindness to and respect for others, impartially and play or fair play so much emphasized in Western athletic training. Judo has special importance in Japan. This is all really, really special and really, really important. So let me go back to the uh, the whole hitting and kicking and use of weapons being in, in kata, in the forms. Because in a form, let's say you're using a sword, let's say a, a sword form for, for one example. Okay, and this could be true of any martial arts. It's a beautiful, beautiful art. It's like a choreographed dance of special moves and power and energy that's, that should be treated with respect because it's so special, right? That's the kata, that's the form. In the randori, if you apply that form and that power with a weapon, you could, you could very well kill people with that. Now, yes, there are many, many martial arts that have been taught um, to protect yourself, to defend yourself, especially against aggressors. Um, one of the things I always loved about judo is, is that you're using your opponent's energy against them, so to speak. So, for example, somebody's coming at you, you're able to quickly ascertain which direction their energy is going or which direction their balance or movements are going. And you can sense this and you can brush them aside, throw them over your shoulder, over your leg, over your arm or whatever. You can get them in an arm bar or a choke and ask them to, to submit or ask them to stop. But, but it's not like you're physically going after them to physically attack them. You're actually using a lot of their energy against them. You know, which I, I think is pretty cool. But that it's important to, again, point out that um, 
not wanting to hurt each other. You know, you're not you're not seeking to hurt somebody. Um, when he says words like judo etiquette, that could be the same with kung fu etiquette or tai chi etiquette or whatever. There are a lot of martial arts that just have this etiquette, and it's respect of power, it's respect of, of skill that is really, really important. So if you're into the martial arts, if you're into any of this kind of stuff, I challenge you to just think about that deeply spiritual component of the practice, especially with judo practice, and just consider the honor behind it and try to go about it from working with that intention first and let that bubble up through you. Try not to learn it to um, kick somebody's you-know-what. You know, it's a, it's a much broader, broader practice. And the, the longer I practice this, the more I get so amazed at what I find inside spiritually, inside mentally, from an energy perspective. So, uh, you know, my teacher of uh, Tai Chi, Qigong, um, teaches energy cultivation training and you start to really feel it after some time after committing to it and um, it's amazing it's just amazing so judo the uh, the mental the spiritual aspects of, of judo that master Kano taught were just profound and very very special and I encourage each and every one of you to explore that as well um, seek out the books seek out the writings Look it up online. You're going to find a lot of information about it. And I hope you find it to be as moving as it has been for me.